When I first decided to do this whole Reggie from the road thing, number one on my list was a tattooer. And I think if you look at my skin, you'll understand why. I really lucked out finding Jessie. Not only is she an amazing talent, she's also one of the warmest souls and comes complete with a sidekick that you're sure to fall in love with. A couple of notes for this episode. Joining Jessie and me, fellow full-time RVer Wink. She was lucky enough to get a tattoo from Jessie outside in the trailer park. Also, this episode was recorded in a campsite lodge. About halfway through, somebody comes in and begins to mop the floor. So if there are any added sound effects, attribute it to that. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Jesse McNally. I've kind of got to pinch myself because we have a Jersey girl, <laughs> an Aussie by way of Minnesota, uh-huh. and a Canadian, yeah. all in one place in a lakeside in Texas. Like, yes. what in the hell? When you sit and look at it like that, this is insane. Like, is. What, what kind of lifestyle are we living that this is possible? I think this is why we chose this lifestyle is to meet a bunch of different crazy people and be in different amazing places that, uh, yeah, we get to share these experiences and come back with stories. How would you describe your lifestyle specifically? I'm not sure how to answer that question. I'm traveling around, seeing beautiful places, meeting beautiful people, and uh, tattooing along the way to make gas money and also to just, I guess, see tattooing in a different light. I think there's a lot of different reasons why I'm doing this, but that's what I'm doing is traveling around in my van with my dog tattooing. Thus far, you are, how far into it? What day did you depart from Minnesota? Uh, what was the day after Thanksgiving? The 27th? November 27th. So So it's really yeah. been a month and a half yeah. on, on the road. And how much so far have your horizons broadened? Because you, like you said, you want to see an evolution in tattooing. Have you seen that yet? Or is it something you're still getting a grasp on? I think it's something that I'm still getting a grasp on. Work, you know, it's... Um, Work is money. That is such a, uh, always an inner conversation with myself that's like, oh, I hate that part about it. Um, and so going back to yesterday, so cool to do tattoos that it's not tattoos for a paycheck. It's just there's such a, a different energy around tattooing when there's not the um, the money attachment to it for me. It's just, I, yeah, it's it's a, a beautiful experience. And, and, you know, not to say that, you know, tattoos for money can't be a beautiful experience, but there's just, it's different. Yeah, and then when I also get to do, you know, kind of whatever I want, that's <laughs> awesome too, so. I know, yeah. and that's the thing I was most excited about was like, you asked me what we want to do, and I was like, it's all you, whatever. You're feeling. Well, I mean, as an artist, what's a better compliment than just say, you know, someone to say, hey, have artistic license, you do what you do, and, you know, that's why I want to get a tattoo from you, is because of what you do, so. So off that tangent, yes. you got a really cool tattoo yesterday. I did. Well, I'll never get tattooed indoors again. <laughs> um, we set up on a picnic table, lakeside, in beautiful Texas. I, I mean... The tattoo itself is beautiful, but the experience was, ugh, made it tenfold that much better. It was just so beautiful. And did it feel different in a way? That it, it did. It felt like it flew by. It was the least painful tattoo. I said that to him also yesterday, that I would let you just keep going and going and going and going. 
Tattooing in the fresh air, I've never experienced anything like that. That was that just was divine. It was divine, you know, and for, you know, people that love to be outside, like it's, it was heavenly to me. And again, yeah, I, I would like to tattoo outside for the rest of my life. I know <laughs> that's not going to happen, but um, that's, that was when I thought about tattooing on the road. Um, it was one of my daydreams for sure that I've had in the last year is, setting up outside, doing a tattoo um, with a stunning backdrop. And really that's what it was yesterday, having the lake uh, behind us and the breeze, even though it was a little bit of a pain in the butt with my <laughs> paper towels. But this is one of the things that um, uh, I want to be really clear about is uh, I took every precaution health standards, uh, cleanliness, uh, the sterile environment as I possibly could. That was first and foremost for me. So I covered everything in plastic, just like I would uh, set up in a tattoo shop. Now, the more realistic side to the mm -hmm. tattooing is doing the guest spots. So you're pretty much like touring America, tattooing just random. Which is, it's a fun thing because I, you know, again, meeting different people that I wouldn't normally meet. Um, the hard part about it is not having, I have clientele in Minnesota. I don't have a huge, you know, following by any means around the country. Uh, I know people that know people in, um, like, so people that I've worked with or I've met, that's how I'm getting hooked up with places to work, which is really awesome. And then the, the reality is that I may sit in a shop and do barely anything. Um, so, but either way, it's But at least fine. you're in it's, Austin, it, Texas, instead of your home, right? Exactly, yeah, I'm in, I'm in warm weather. And um, going to the cities, that's not what this, you know, I guess lifestyle really is about, but that's the, the trade-off for the gas money to keep going and, that, uh, and to see all the cool places in between. Like you said, you don't quite have that following yet, but you have this cool gimmick. You're incredibly talented. Is there like a five-year projection that you have for yourself of what this will be like once you do have a bit of a foothold? Or are you just kind of flying by the seat of your pants? I am totally flying by the seat of my pants. And that's where I, I kept saying when people would say, what's your plan? What's your plan? I'm like, the plan is not to have a plan. I don't really want to project anything into the future about it. I'm going to just kind of let it unfold organically and I think I was saying this to you guys where it's the struggle between wanting to travel around the country and, and having that solitude and being by myself and then what I do for work I need people you know so that is the bottom line I need people so it's um, when I was talking about promoting myself on social media I haven't done a lot of it because there's this inner struggle about, do I want to exploit myself? Do I want to be that busy? Do I want to, you know, overwork myself because I have a problem saying no, you know? Um, and so, and that is going to be, I think, I don't know how long, you know, it's, it's just going to be working out the kinks for me is, you know, how much time do I take in between guest spots and finding the balance and disciplining myself to say, this is when you work, and this is when you get to enjoy this lifestyle, and this is why you're doing it. It's not to just tattoo people around the country. It's to see the country and to, you know, be with myself first, and then the people come second. And then there's more to your art, though, than just tattoos. 
So I do assemblage sculpture. So I find found objects and I transform them. So a lot of them are religious statues or um, icons and I embellish them with paint. I add, I don't know, lots of different found objects. And I had one person quite a few years ago um, write a little article on one of my art shows and she described my sculptures as dream totems, not of this world, not of this plane. And I just thought, that's it. That's exactly kind of what they are. They are um, spiritual beings to me when I create them. I guess the conversation around them is a lot about death, um, where we, our spirits go when we die, what we look like, I believe. And it is, it's based on, on my beliefs and Everything's connected. We, you know, we don't stay within our religion. We don't stay within our race or cultural upbringing. Everything gets connected out there, and that's how I visually um, explain, I guess, my belief system. Explain mine through my art. Wow, that's that was a hell of an answer. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I expected that. And I guess to round out your website, you're also an ordained minister. I am an ordained minister, and I'm also an ordained minister and a wizard. So if you want to get married, I can be a reverend or a wizard. Have you thought about that playing into your nomadic lifestyle at all? Like while you're on the road, if somebody reaches out, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to (laughs) Omaha. I I haven't. I think because um, each state, you Uh, need um, need to be registered with the state. So I don't know if my being um, registered in Minnesota that I could marry somebody in another state. And I don't know how hard it would be. I suppose if someone wanted me to, I would look into it for sure. That would be awesome. Oh. Oh, hello. Hi. How's it going? We're just doing an an interview. Is that all right? If we just do maybe another half an hour, would that be all right? I'm going to mop in here. Then you can have it. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll be quiet. Okay, thank you. We've been dancing around the subject long enough. Can you please introduce your travel partner? Mm, the love <laughs> of my life. The love uh, of your life? Yes. His name is Chico. He's 12 years old. I got him when he was six weeks old in Australia. And in 2008, when I decided to move home to Minnesota, I brought him with me. And um, at the time, I think my dad said, leave the bloody dog. And I said, no, like I can't, like he's my, my son. If he's not coming home, I'm not coming home. And he was twice as expensive as it was to get me home. Um, but I didn't care. Um, so yeah, we've been in Minnesota for the last, um, eight years and I'm like, I might get emotional here. (laughs) Um, yeah, he's just getting older. And I thought, God, I don't want you to be spend your last years going for icy walks on a sidewalk and uh and i just thought let's go let's do this let you know i want you to be free and i want to drive off into the sunset with you and he's the reason i never feel alone and he's awesome and anyone that meets him like just he makes such an awesome impression. He's the nicest pit bull you'll ever meet. He's a gentleman. He's a big baby, and uh, and I just thought, yeah, let's let's go do this. So it's really a trip about him and about me. Then then tattooing. <laughs> We're meeting other people. It's just 
I just want him to hang out and have a really awesome last few years of his life. So mm -hmm. he travels with costumes and he's super good and he's just, he's. Well, that's what I was gonna say. If you love him so much, why do you embarrass him? Oh, cause he <laughs> loves it and he's yeah, he so handsome does. and he, and it's funny cause people are like, oh, you know, he hates it. I'm like, but he loves to see me happy. Yes. And it brings me so much joy and I just, I crack up. He's just a funny, funny guy. And, uh, and so, yeah, he's, He's the the catalyst for this whole thing is um, yeah, for him to have a really cool last few years. And actually on my walk this morning, I totally, I lost it. And because um, you doing this is going to help me memorialize him forever. And it's so beautiful. You know, there's. I can't take enough photos for him, and then to have some some video of him and I is going to be really, really special. That means the world to me. It, seriously, you. it's like I can't repay you enough. This is so cool. Thank you. That yeah, thank so you. <laughs> I my favorite part of the, our our time together is the fact that the three of us are nomadic and we have very little space in our lives and. That is an understatement. Like, yeah, I got a car and I got a trailer <laughs> and they're both tiny. And I love seeing the things that make the cut Yes, for other nomadic people. Because I have things in my trailer where I'm like, I'm a homeless man with 75 blazers and I've worn exactly <laughs> zero of them on the road. And the fact that you have dog costumes that made the cut to me is just hilarious. This past May, I was up on Lake Superior in Grand Marais and... I didn't purposely bring the lobster costume. It just happened to be in my car, and I left it in my car when I was packing. And so up on the North Shore, of course, I had to put him in the lobster costume, and he looked so perfect along the shores of Lake Superior. And so when this thing happened, I thought, okay, the lobster costume for sure, because we're going to see a lot of water. And then what else? And I, one of his newer costumes is his lion's mane. And I thought, oh, I'm totally going to find a place with low shrub. And yes, yeah, so he can turn into his lion. And then I was in New Orleans for New Year's. So the top hat and the coat with the bow tie, that was, you know, a must. And yeah, the one costume I'm bummed that I did not pull out of his suitcase was um, the Ram costume because I have a feeling that I'm going to find some pretty cool rocky ledges that, you know, I could prop him up. So who knows? I may find one on the road. Um, there's always room. I will get rid of all my hoodies so he has more room for costumes for sure. <coughs> I was holding in a cough. That was rough. <laughs> <clears throat> And that smells like pine. Oh, it is. Yeah. My, like, my throat. Chemicals. Yeah, all of a sudden it's just like. Yeah, we'll wrap this up fairly soon. We had somebody come in and mop here in the lodge <clears throat> mid-interview. That's camp um, straight, life. Straight pine salt. Not diluted straight. in a bucket of water. <laughs> no. That was just poured straight onto the floor. It's it's getting spicy in here. <laughs> How has Chico reacted to the trip? Do you think he kind of knows that something special is happening? So he's, yeah, with me all the time. The, the hard part is um, working in shops and tattooing. Um, and obviously, it's nice that he's with me. I can go out to the van, take him on short little walks. But he, he can tell when we're in a city and he mopes. He's just mopey. And then, like, leaving Austin two days ago, the you know, he is up the front 
He has a huge mouth. He's smiling, panting, just like as if to be like, yeah, let's go. We're on the road again. And uh, so, yeah, he does great in the van. I mean, he can sleep in the back and then he gets up in the front. And uh, I do put a little kind of box between the front two seats. So it's more of a bench seat so he can be closer to me. And he loves it. He absolutely loves it. So many new smells. And he loves being off leash. That's huge because he's so much actually better off leash than he is uh, tied up. He just will not go anywhere. He just loves to lay around and, and lay in the sun like a big snake. He's blown my mind off leash because we're in a park with deer running rampant. Yep. And the fact that he sticks around mummy is pretty impressive. Yep. I thought I thought when he got jumped out of the van, I was like, um, he's gonna. And then. Yep. He's, that's, yeah. Another plus, he's just a good, nice boy. Let's take a minute to have a little pity party for you and I. Uh, mm-hmm. Cedar fever. Oh, it's- my. Listen, I don't even, I, I'm scared to, to hear what I sound like. I'm very, I'm very stuffed up. Yes, I haven't been sick uh, in Minnesota since February 2014, and I come down to the south to the warmth, and I am, I don't know what it is, cold, allergies, everything, full on. And you never had allergies before, nope. is that correct? Yeah, same. Yep. And my face has blown up, mm-hmm. and it hurts, and it's dry, and it's like leaking. Mm-hmm. Cedar fever, it's a thing. I, I Now I get it. Now I get it when people, you know, I don't like taking medication. I don't like the the chemical thing, but I get it. And that's where I got to at the beginning of the week where I'm like, I've never taken Benadryl before. I'm taking Benadryl. Otherwise, I don't know how I'm going to get through this work week. So wink. I'm surviving. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. <laughs> I know. You and I, that's why I turned to you and said, let's have a pity party because you're sitting there just <laughs> legs up, showing off, hands behind your head. Breathing clearly. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? What's with your immune system? That's not fair. I don't know. I know. We just need to adjust to it. Wink, you've done a lot more RV parks than the two of us combined. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Anything uh, to ask or add or say? or? Yeah, I think... Um, the things I get asked the most often being a solo female are, do you ever feel uncomfortable? Okay. Uh, which you were talking about the, you made a choice in the van that you picked for that reason, which I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. You chose the non-partitioned getaway van. Yes. I did have a guy say to me last week down in Grand Isle State Park, you need to be traveling with a boyfriend. And I was like... I have a boyfriend. He's right there. He's got four legs and fur. Like, he's, yeah, he's fine. He's, you know, my travel companion. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people are scared about safety. And actually, just this morning, I was talking to my brother on the phone. And he's like, you know, he's like, I just want you to be careful and stay around people. And I'm like, well, people are the scary part, you know. And I feel, I mean, I lived in the middle of the city, St. Paul. I feel much more safe in the middle of nowhere by myself than I did, you know, in a tiny little house in, you know, St. Paul. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's, yeah, do you feel safe? Yeah, really safe. And no, I I have yet to feel lonely. So, yeah. And it's it's interesting, though, the, the traveling by yourself as a woman kind of thing. Um, a lot of people comment on that, um, which, again, I'm like, I'm, you know, not 21. I'm 37. I'm good. I'm, you know, I've, I'm, and I'm street smart, and I've worked in lots of tattoo shops around lots of creepy guys. I'm good, you know, between my hatchet, my dog, my knife, 
and my scary looking self, I feel like I should be just fine. <laughs> and does it annoy either of you to be asked that question? Because it's almost like, why should I feel afraid because I'm a woman? Why is right. it different? Why doesn't anybody say that to me? Does I think it, it's coming from a good place, so I don't I don't take offense to that ever. Yeah. I think it's cute. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think it is coming from a good place. And if it was, you know, coming from, well, a creepy place, it's kind of like, well, then you're the type of creep that I need to be worried about, you mm, know? That's uh, a good point, yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a man approach my trailer once and comment on how uh, the appearance of my locks seemed to be too flimsy, which was in the moment the creepiest thing a man can come up and say, like, you know, why are you looking at my locks in the first place? Um, but after discussing, it was, again, coming from a kind of a parental standpoint yeah. um, of him just looking out, which was sweet. But Yes, totally. And that actually, that was a, another thing. One of the things I looked for in a van is... Do I have central locking? Like, can I lock them all together by pushing one button instead of, because I did look at a Dodge van and it was, each door was the pop one. And I thought, hell no, I'm not going to walk around and, you know, make sure each lock is, you know, done. And I just, I feel, um, you know, self-preservation, but it's also, I'm not going to put energy towards that and live in this fear you know and I I had a guy say to me you know before I left he's like well obviously you're not scared of anything and it's like well, yeah, I'm scared of certain things but I don't give that type of stuff energy like I that's just something that I'm not gonna worry 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 I'm a firm believer in um, what you put out there you will receive and um, so in in the way of um, being scared or, you know, oh my gosh, this is totally going to happen. If I do this, you know, then you are going to manifest it in some way. And this is going back to why I'm sick. How have I manifested this in some way? <laughs> what is it, you know, that, that I have created or not paid attention to that I am now, it's coming, you know, to me physically. Um, yeah. And so being um, scared or, you know, it's like taking precautions, but not being a nut job uh, about it. Um, and that's where when, like, my, my brother said to me, you know, have you, I really think that you should consider, you know, getting your conceal and carry. And I just thought, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I get that one a lot. Yeah, a it's lot. like, I'm, you know, I'm Australian, you know, like, we don't do guns. I've never, you know, like, really, I don't think I've ever held a gun, you know? Like, it's just so... Uh, you know, that's coming from fear-based, and I don't live like that, you know, in any in any part, you know, of, of my life. So, um, Wink, do you have the same kind of outlook in terms of oh, safety? Yeah. Like, I feel safe every, I think every day I've been on the road, um, maybe there's been a hiccup here or there where I've pulled into some place in the middle of the night that felt a little questionable, but, um, you know, you just listen to your gut and hit the road, find the next park or rest stop or whatever. Um, but I like to see the good in people. And I think that people look out for you, especially when they see a girl traveling by themselves, you know, I pull into camps full again of old, old couples and everybody has their feelers out and they're keeping an extra eye out for you, which for is sure. super, super cute. Yes. I've been on the road now for two months and it's changed a lot from day one to where I am now. Like at first it was staying in the Walmart parking lots and the first night I'd have like, I left my knife out just in case I did have to, you know, somebody rips the door open. It'd be so easy for them to do so. And now I think 
I am more in that. Maybe a part of it's like laziness or becoming comfortable, but I also think there is an element of energy to it. And I think you're right about that. Just putting that negative energy into it, the power of suggestion, it's like people are going to feel that and feed off of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I still lock my doors. I have equipment. I have to do that. That's just, it has right. to be that way. Right. But I don't need to be thinking about it 24-7. I think that's where the negative part comes into it. Yeah. You can yeah. still be safe without being... Yeah. Neurotic. Yeah, and traveling with my tattoo gear, that's my livelihood. So, you know, and that was another thing about choosing the style of van. I wanted something incognito. I didn't want a, you know, kind of a Class B RV looking thing. I knew, you know, I wanted it small. Um, um, but, yeah, something that, yeah, the tinted windows, um, my, it's yeah, it's like a CIA van. Um, and which, yeah, it keeps me safe. I feel um, when I am sleeping on a street in a city somewhere, I just, I feel safer. Nobody knows that I'm inside. And actually, when I was in Austin, the first morning I woke up and there was some construction crew ripping up the ground, like seriously 10 feet behind my van. And there were probably at least a dozen guys like all around my van. I mean, I could hear them talking and little did they know that there was somebody laying in a bed six inches from their head. You know, I mean, how creepy would that be for them? And so, and I was joking with my sisters. because I was like, how weird is this going to be when I get out of this van in my pajamas with my dog and all these guys? And sure enough, I jumped out and Chico jumped out and we looked at them and they all turned to look at me and I just... Gave him a wave and headed on into my friend's house. And then, I mean, they were there for two days and they, I don't know what they thought. Like, there's a crazy woman that lives in a van in front of this house. And um, and then, yeah, the dash is filled with, I don't know, bones and skulls and feathers and stuff. That'll that keep I, people away. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if that's an invitation. For me, that's an invitation. I'm like, oh, my God, that person's awesome. It's got, like, a blowfish hanging in the window. Um but yeah, so maybe somebody thinks that Everyone I'm some else type is like, of voodoo that witch. That person has a blowfish <laughs> hanging in the window. Don't. She'll hex us. She'll hex us. So, Like we, Reggie and I each live in essentially a 10-foot box mm-hmm. with also a vehicle and, you know, living tiny in a very extreme, extremely tiny. And you're one-upping that in your vehicle and your house being all in one, all in one which wows me. Like that's just one more step ahead of what we're doing. That's so funny because last night when we got into your Jeep and you're like, this is my closet, I'm like, I want an exterior closet. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Looking at vans and knowing that I was going to build it out and seeing all these van builds and people's styles, they're so fascinating. And I so would love to be somebody who is a minimalist that loves, you know, like, the whitewashed or just the, you know, wood, you know, like I love clean lines, but like that, I look at those and I think, oh, it's so, you know, dreamy and light, but that's so not me. Like um, my, when I thought about my van and how I wanted it to look, I really had to be honest and say, you know, like, what it, what's going to make you feel like you're at home in this cozy home? And um, because I couldn't, bring all my artwork on the road and hang things on the wall like you can in a a regular house, I had to think, okay, I can't bring art, so I want to make it art. Like, I want to make my interior of the van 
resemble something like I would have at home. And that's where I chose this ridiculous black and gold, you know, star tiger wallpaper, um, which was ridiculously expensive, but it was so cool I had to have it. And then also, yeah, putting pattern into my ceiling and and lots of things to look at being a visual person. And, you know, with both of you and your, your campers, I mean, they're so visually pleasing and fun. There's a lot of things going on with it and that's what that's what I'm drawn to. So as much as I, you know, wish I could be that minimalist, I'm so not. It has to be really a reflection of who I am and um and that's where I know that I will feel cozy and at home in my van and I so do. Like I get into my van and I'm like oh, I just love being in here. I love hanging out in here. I will sit on the floor and just drink a beer and just stare at my home that I've created and yeah, I think this is the best decision I've ever made in my life. Whoa, total mic drop by Jesse. I was lucky enough to be tattooed by Jesse as well. And get this, it was drawn on in the middle of the night on a picnic table, lakeside in Texas, and I got to wear a t-shirt in January. So thank you, Jesse, for allowing me to capture you and Chico, but also for the best tattooing experience of all time. Visit me at reggiefromtheroad.com. Music provided by Audio Network. Produced in association with Fifth Ground Entertainment. I'm Reggie Gray, and this has been Reggie from the Road. Reggie from the Road.